0: Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's four minutes past five. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. We take no prisoners. Or we would have done at the Notting Hill Carnival. As I say, great during the daytime. People loved it. Uh, 250,000 approximately for the kids' day out. Lots of drug arrests. Then the next day, not as many arrests. I mean, to be honest with you, there shouldn't be any arrests at all, should there? You don't get the Macy's New Year's Day parade and get arrests in it. It's only the Notting Hill Carnival, you know. (sighs) We you smoke it? Well, we thought we'd smoke it on the street because the police are out there. And then eight o'clock at night, the whole thing turns all sort of pear-shaped and goes a bit naff. Jordan's announced, doesn't want to go into detail, that she was raped. I have to tell you why she was raped. I mean, depending on whether you believe it or you believe it not. The trouble is, we've had people before who have made claims. This happened when when she was six years old. She's 31 now. She's claiming it happened in a park And she's doing it. I'll tell you why she's doing it. In fact, she tells you why she's doing it. Because the film that her cage fighter little boyfriend is in, apparently, somebody has said, depicts rape. And so they've accused him of glamorising rape in this film. She's said he's acting. I wasn't aware he had any skills in that department. If he has, he's managed to convince her that he's her boyfriend. But so she's coming out and saying, listen, he wouldn't be in any film because he had a friend of his who was raped as well. Oh, and by the way, I was raped. At six years old, she claims she was raped by a man in a park with a friend. In fact, she's so upset about the whole thing, she was pictured looking very miserable the other day, but she sold the story to OK magazine. So that's OK then. That's OK. An embarrassment to women everywhere who are raped and have nobody to turn to and can't sell their story, as if they would want to sell their story because of the shame and the humiliation. All they want to see is the bloke who committed it uh, hanged. Jordan, no, no knowledge of this whatsoever. Who was the man? Oh, no, can't remember. don't know. Six years old. Really? Who did you tell? not tell anybody. I've kept the shame with me. Oh, for Christ's sake, honestly. Didn't it make you sick? Front page headline. Is there no end to the depths this woman will sink? Very, very embarrassing. Uh, bottoms up to beat the climate change. There they all were, these protesters. They're just like getting their kit off, so they stand there. Then they superglue their hands to the floor of the Royal Bank of Scotland. I'd have bloody left them there you super clear. Stay there all day. I couldn't care less. And when their friends come in and try and release it, no, 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 out, out, you're not bank customers. Get out. Pond life. Get out. So leave them sitting there all day. You want to go to the toilet? Well, you just have to go to the toilet, won't you, on the floor. just have to sit in it, because you're stupid. I feel very sorry for anybody crossing the Dartford uh, tunnel. The Dartford crossing toll charge has gone up to pound fifty, for a pound. It's absolutely outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. Even the AA has criticised it. I don't know. Just when you think... You've probably got yourself straight financially. Along comes something up. Petrol, up in price, 2.5 pence. Oh, blow that for soldiers. Let's stick it up 10p, the old mode They don't care. The petrol companies are just ripping you off full-time. Government rips you off. Petrol companies rip you off. The garages rip you off. So now you're seeing petrol at £1.12, £1.17. I don't know how people afford to live nowadays. Small wonder people go out thieving. There's a story of, um of shoplifters up in, I think it could be Birmingham, and uh, the East European shoplifters up there have come up with a novel way of shoplifting, which guarantees they get away with it. You won't believe how simple it is. Only only these people could think of it. Somebody accuses them of shoplifting, they start taking their clothes off. They start taking their clothes. There was a woman the other day, she nicked a bottle of wine, so the shop uh, manager says, Excuse me, but, so she starts disrobing, crying rape. The other thing they do is squirt breast milk over people. Have you heard of this one? My God, there's some filth that's in this country at the moment. They squirt breast milk. Apparently it's a way of getting away with, uh, with shoplifting. I don't know why breast milk. I have no idea. To be honest with you, I'd just bring out a machine gun and just machine them, you know, gun them down as they're going out the store. Bye! You know, pond life. Mind you, talking of pond life, Keith Duncan is our pond life for today. He's a caretaker. He earns 36,000 pounds a year as a caretaker for the NUT. That's good, isn't it? 36,000 for being a caretaker. 36,000 pounds. If ever you were thinking of getting a job that paid you good money, a caretaker will get you 36,000 quid a year for sitting there on your fat arse doing nothing. However, it gets better. It gets better. He's been claiming incapacity benefit. He's up 50 grand on the deal. 50,000 quid. £36,000 a year. Keith Duncan, you crook of Harrow. I tell you, mate, if there were stocks, we'd stick you in them. He pleaded guilty to fraud. You also got £30,000 in housing and council tax benefits. Not a bad little income, is it, you crook? Oh, I tell you, people like that make me sick. Absolutely sick. Anyway, apart from that, we all well this morning? Did we have a nice bank holiday? <sighs> Or was it good fun at the Hill Carnival? Do I care? No, I don't. I can't bear it. You know, it's all very happy, jolly, on the floats and all the rest of it. But then, as I say, it turns a bit pond life. Anton Deck quite clearly never wrote this book that they're touting around at the moment. You can tell by the language; it's not them speaking. We know what Anton Deck sound like, and I like Anton Deck. But they sort of talk about when when they heard about the fact that they'd been accused of um, of sort of ripping people off on the on the, the the phone votes and all things like that. They burst into tears. Yeah, right. Come on, they've been in the business for ages. Burst into tears. Been in the business for ages and ages and ages. You know, you don't burst into tears. It was like the other day, I was very disappointed in the loose women. Very disappointed. Especially to see McGiffin on there, brown-nosing Sarah, Duchess of York, who, frankly, they might... I mean, had they literally stuck their snouts in the trough, it couldn't have been worse. You know, this dreary woman who's going, it's just so much fun being with you all because you're all great to me. And I'm, is that a naked person at the window again? We're back with naked people. God, I tell you, it's all going on around. It's a naked person at the window. Don't look. Cover your eyes, Amanda. Don't look. It's not nice. It's not normal. In fact, that really isn't normal. (laughs) It's not nice. So anyway, so Sarah Ferguson goes on there, and the whole team brown-nosed her like she's somebody important. As opposed to somebody who'd been having an affair for three years with Paddy McNally, a former racing driver, gets picked up by Prince Andrew, picked up quite a few people in his time, and then they got rid of each other, having produced two, let's just call them not desperately attractive daughters, and she's going on about, you know, you must always all smile if you're princesses. I don't think Eugenie can actually smile at all, can she? She's a bit horsey, poor soul. And there she is, flogging, what is, you know, but she'd, it was this way that she had a talk, she didn't know any of their names because she turned to Carol McGiffin at one point and said, "I think it was you that said earlier, as opposed to I think it was you, Carol." She didn't know at all, which was which was a bit of a shame. I look, I know, I don't know why we got the blue screen. Steve Hargrave on later on today. We've given he's given us a different phone number because we had those strange noises. Yeah, strange. Oh, do you not do the gigs? Oh, God, in heaven, you've forgotten already, haven't you? You thought it was Tuesday. No, he's here. He's here. Oh, Gary Lineker's got married. Hooray! to uh, Danielle. Oh, been round the block a few times. Bucks. Mother. Don't let her anywhere near a shop. She thieves. okay, On more than one occasion. And uh, they got married in a very cheap ceremony. But don't worry. I'm sure that there'll be some naff-looking thing so that all the family can come together for a a celebration. He didn't even wear a tie. Old man marries young girl. (sighs) Hope it lasts. Hope it lasts. Costs 400 quid apparently, this wedding. Cheapskate. (laughs) <laughs> Mind you, that's the way they go. Oh, we'll have a proper celebration at home for all our friends and family. He met her on a blind date. Yes, don't do the jokes. Come on, don't do the jokes. You're making me say these things now. It's not nice. It's not nice. Peter Andre, apparently, was uh, was the star of Gay Pride in Manchester. And he said, apparently, as I say, you, don't, you, you really can't believe anything at all. He said of Katie Price, she's turned into the new um, Jodie Marsh. And you know how naff Jodie Marsh is, naff and ugly, poor soul. I mean, you know, a woman with no no career, no nothing at all, just getting uglier by the day. And Jordan, of course, has turned into her. Which is a bit disappointing, isn't it? A little bit disappointing. So I like the idea of Gary Lineker, old man, getting married to a young girl. Imagine you, can convince old men of anything, can't you? Yeah, of course I love you. Love you. Loving you. Really, really love you. Look, trick pelvis. Whee! Look at that. And uh, this is my mother. I know she's got some extra things we didn't pay for. But uh, it doesn't really matter too much, does it? And also, they're asking the big question today, and I bet they ask it later on on LBC. How old do you have to be when you stop wearing miniskirts? They've said there's a certain age where you cannot wear miniskirts because it looks a bit naff. So, in other words, it's okay for Victoria Beckham, because at 35, I mean, she looks like she's just about surviving through life anyway, she can get away with a miniskirt. Nancy DeLolio just looks like bad drag. So she cannot wear a miniskirt. And they've said in the papers she shouldn't be allowed to wear a miniskirt. Which is, a, which is a bit sad, really, because I'm sure some people think, I look really good in a miniskirt. But unfortunately, you do see them tottering down the high street, don't you? The girls with the miniskirts with the gut hanging over the top of it. It's seen better days than the pink faded G-string. It's not an attractive look, I know. And Ugg boots, which actually now, they've, they've really... Apparently, somebody told me the Ugg boot factory is closed down. Because they say that people are now not wearing Ugg boots. The latest boots, you're going to see in the papers later on today, and they're the things that all the girls are going to be wearing. They're a bit like Ugg boots, but they've got heels on, as opposed to those flat things that make you look a bit naff. And um, the only people who wear Ugg boots are people who are going to appear on the Jeremy Kyle show, because uh, you're a bit bikey, and that's why you wear them. Actually, we did like that line. I have to repeat it every day, because I'm still not quite getting it. On Shooting Stars, they went, Jeremy Kyle, he's king of the gypsies. And, and I, I thought, is he? If so I had to check on the internet, and apparently he's not. But people thought he was on Shooting Stars. Uh, also, bad news to uh, Eminem and his alter ego Slim Shady. This is Marshall Mathers. His ex-wife has been on, a, uh, on a, a national radio station and says, by the way, don't ever waste your time with him. He's Mr. Teeny Tiny in the downstairs department. She says, and by the way, he can't manage anything without a little blue pill. I mean, what a dreadful thing to say. She's a bit as revolting as Jordan. Jordan says that about people. You know, they go, oh, Dane Bowers, oh, Mr Teeny Tiny. Peter Andre, Mr Teeny Tiny. Not that she'd know, of course. But Marshall Mathers is another one, tiny, in the downstairs department. Unlike Joan Collins, who, when she went out with Bill Wiggins, said, um, he he, he was a bit like a bungalow. She said, nothing upstairs. It's all downstairs. It's (laughs) 5.15. These are the headlines. Gordon Brown's being urged to publicly state his position on the Lockerbie Row after it emerged he privately backed the bomber's release. Documents show the Prime Minister and the Foreign Secretary did not want Ali McGrachy to die in jail. The man's been shot dead in Luton. Police have begun a murder inquiry after a 22-year-old was found with head injuries on a pavement on Haymarket Road just before nine last night. And a breakthrough in the treatment of children needing bone marrow transplants could mean many are spared the effects of chemotherapy. Researchers at Great Ormond Street Hospital have been using a new antibody technique. Let's have a check on the state of the rose, try and get you there quickly this morning, because it's Wednesday, in case you have forgotten. And here he is, a smile on his face and a, and a, and a sat-nav in the other hand. It's Cube Room. I just have a map. Of course a map. You wouldn't cheaper. use that. Nav. I know cheaper. Save on the power. <laughs> uh actually yeah, you wouldn't there's not really too many problems at all, actually. At the moment it's all looking pretty good, Boy, actually. Point three. Morning everyone, it's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. Do you remember reading the story the other day in the paper about the bloke who's got uh, a dog that weighed eleven stone, a Labrador weighed eleven stone. So the RSPCA quite rightly took this man to court. He's quite clearly an idiot. He's also, you know, somebody who is cruel to animals. And surprisingly Because it took six people to carry Ben after he was taken into court. He's now been fostered and they've got his weight down to six and a half stone. The owner, Melvin Davis, who comes from Anglesey, claimed his dog had little legs so he couldn't walk. But the NHS worker admitted causing unnecessary suffering and was fined £1,170 by the magistrates. Surprisingly, he's now got another dog. And the RSPCA are going, is this stupidity or what? Can he reach the television? Just about. He keeps turning it off, you know. Driving me mad, driving everybody mad. I tell you what, ask it when you phone up Nick Abbott later on tonight. Say to him, why do you keep turning off the televisions? <laughs> Can he put them back on again? Because he he likes turning off televisions. And I've I've got a theory. We had a theory yesterday, and he thought of it. I was quite brilliant. If he turns off the televisions because he finds them distracting, why does he not find Burley and the other screens in there distracting? Oh, he sw- oh, right. Oh, that's right. So he doesn't have to look at the screens. God, blimey! He'll be having a dressing room soon. There's no end to it. I can't believe it. But he does. He finds it. Oh, all right. Okay. That's what we're getting the clips from Steve Hargrave. Remember last week we had very spooky spooky goings on. So this this bloke who had this dog, he just kept overfeeding it. And unfortunately, if you overfeed an animal and you don't take it out for exercise, it just balloons. Bad for the uh, for the dog. Because eventually all the weight is on the heart and eventually it just drops down dead. And then you go, oh, no, that happened. You think, because you overfed it. So now he's got another dog. It's absolutely outrageous this man should be, been. And he works for the NHS. Does make me angry. Does make me angry. I see James Corden is having a laugh. They, they call him the roly-poly comedian. Why don't we just call him fat, which is what he is. And he was out with his sister the other day, Ruth. And she's fat as well. They're both fat. In fact, she's fatter than he is. You're fatter than they... Oh, I don't know, whatever it is. But apparently, there they were. Luckily, there was a photographer to capture the scene. I mean, you know, you really need to lose the weight. Lose the weight. It'd be like me, go out every day, you know, psh, healthy, healthy, walk. Although I've actually done my back in again, I'm afraid. My shoulder. Same as last week, but it doesn't make any difference. Johnny says, just when you thought it might be possible for Jordan stroke... Because you have to keep saying Jordan, also known as Katie Price, or Katie Price known as Jordan. I well, don't we just call her what she is? to keep quiet about a very personal issue that may have taken place many years ago, and I presume never revealed in her autobiography, has now thought it wise to let her loyal fan base know how she suffered and was never going to talk about it. A cynic might think it's a pathetic and desperate attempt to garner public sympathy in her plight as the wronged woman in the soap opera called What Wouldn't Katie Do Next? No, actually, it's called Who Wouldn't Katie Do Next? Hopefully the words of Sister Katie of Brighton, Ibiza and Anywhere Near a Camera Lens will always be taken as seriously as her conservative style of dress. This private matter will be aired on radio, TV, magazines. Maybe good mate Piers Mogadon can get another exclusive with our heroine where she pours her heart out. I urge the public to buy a large bucket, says Johnny, trying to be of comfort. You see, I get, it's just ludicrous. She did talk about being raped when she was with Piers Morgan. Whether this was the same one or whether she's come up with another one, I've got no idea. It's funny how she doesn't want to talk about it to the police and hopefully stop this man raping again. No, she wants to talk about it to OK magazine, but comes up because obviously somebody said to her, listen, don't forget to say if any woman has been in this position, make sure you talk to somebody about it. Not like you, you stupid person. I get so angry, so angry because she's so pathetically stupid and she's so ignorant and so dim that she doesn't have the faintest idea what harm she's doing. Really, to one paper, I don't want to talk about it. To another paper, well, anyway, it happened when I was six years old with my friend in a park. She goes into lurid detail. But there again, I can't remember last Thursday. She can apparently remember back when she was six. Never mentioned it before. Isn't that funny? Richard says, it appears to me, whenever there is an event which involves black people, it turns into violence. I think the police and the court should get involved and start prohibiting such events that will soon stop them from carrying guns and knives to nightclubs. What person in their right mind would want to carry weapons on a night out? I can't understand it either, Richard. I do know, and it's never spoken about because people go, oh, don't talk about that, oh, blimey, don't talk about that, that Asian youths don't like black youths. It's been known about for donkey's years. Donkey's years. There's always been trouble whenever there's Asian youths and black youths. Not every single one. That would be a stupid generalisation. But predominantly, Asian youths don't like black youths and black youths don't like Asian youths. It goes on, it's been going on for as many years as I've been walking this earth. And then at the end of the Notting Hill Carnival, there are those people and the police have come out and said they quite deliberately go to an area to cause trouble. You see, I don't know what the answer is. Is it take them out, take them home to their mummies and daddies, who quite clearly haven't got the faintest? I was saying to my producer earlier, I was in in, uh, Twickenham yesterday, and at the traffic lights, a car pulls up. They quite clearly don't know where they're going, because they don't know which lane they're in, and one lane filters left and they wanted to go straight on. And in the back of the car is the Sikh father and he could, could be the grandfather, and he's very traditionally Sikh. He's got all all the robes on, he's got his turban. Didn't look as though it was done properly to me. You know there's an organisation in India coming over to teach Sikhs how to tie k- turbans because they're getting a bit fed up over there with people who just think they put a bandana on their head and that covers... So they're teaching people how to tie turbans properly and have competitions, because over here, a little bit lacklustre. It's only the elderly know how to do it. Anyway, so this elderly gentleman is sitting in the back. He looked like he could have been 70 to 80. This turban on and everything else. In the front, it probably could have been his daughter or something like that. And she's dressed very conservatively in a sari, and she's driving the car. Next to them is their son, who looks like he's walked off a gangster rap movie because he's got the little diamond stud earring in, looking a little bit puffy, I'm afraid, and he's got his hair all spiked up, and I'm thinking, these are the kids who are out on the streets. The parents have got no idea what they're like. They've got no idea what's going on because they come from a different generation. You look at the pictures of kids in the papers today, and some of them who are throwing bottles at the Notting Hill Carnival, and you think, let's drag you home to your mummy and daddy, smack the back of your legs and send you upstairs because you need to stay there as long as possible. Uh, what sort of people this black guy who goes into a club the other day. Young man pulls out a gun shoots three people. Who walks around with a gun? What sort of stupid person is it? Answer that one. Luckily they've already got him. They've arrested the people for the uh, for the for the graft jewelers. They're in they're investigating that one didn't take too long. Somebody knifed the other day. They're talking to people on that. They're not wasting any time now. The police with their limited resources have managed to actually get people into court and, and arrested them. Fantastic. But it seems to be no answer, does it? People think they're big. You walk around with a gun, you see them on street corner. People got arrested for having dogs, gangs, at the Notting Hill Carnival. Gangs, ladies and gentlemen. It's supposed to be a carnival. You know, why don't we just take these people, stick them on a ship, take them in the middle of the ocean and go, oh, look, sorry, we've rename the ship the Titanic. Off we go. Solve a whole lot of problems, wouldn't it? Dawn in Ryslip. So I decided not to get up early yesterday, because I wanted to be up early today. And I'm out late for the next three nights. Because uh, I have your eyes at the water rats tonight. I've never been to the water I know where it is, actually. No in the whale film at the ICA tomorrow. No in the whale gig at the ICA the day after. I'm with you on the bathroom carpet thing. I have proper bathroom carpet in my bathroom. I don't have mould, damp or anything. These people without bathroom carpet, thinking that it's strange, are just jealous. Hoping there's no spooky goings-on with Steve Hargrave today. Yes, I hope so, too. I hope so, too. But you're right. Yesterday we had this thing, if you're a new listener, that if you had bathroom carpet, people said it was very council. I've never been in a council flat that had bathroom carpet. They're generally black and white tiles, the stick-down ones. And I've got beautiful, beautiful... Um, um, not axminster, whatever the other carpet is, beautiful, in biscuit, and over the top of that, Afghan rugs. And it's, it's quite stunning, but somebody writing and saying, oh, it must smell, and think thinking, well, you probably live in a stinky place anyway. I don't. My place is absolutely immaculate, immaculate. And Ali, who's not very happy about the increase in fuel tax, I mean, how much worse can it get? Just when you think you've got everything straight, no more bills coming in, blow me down, the government got another surprise up their wrist. Let's, in, let's get more money out of you. Let's get more money out of you. You know, and and it's just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Frankly, you feel... I'm not surprised people pull into garages, fill up and then drive off. I'm really not, because people can't afford it. Although I always say to somebody, if they're sitting there with a fag on in the car, if you can afford to smoke, you can afford to put petrol in the car. Luckily, I don't smoke. I'm still worried about putting petrol in the car. And I forgot my brother's birthday the other day. How embarrassing was that? Not very good, is it? If he told by his girlfriend, by the way, it's your brother's birthday. I know it is, I just forgot. So I've got to put money in an envelope. And then I'm thinking, I know, as opposed to putting money in an envelope, which I always do, I'll drive down there and put money through his letterbox. And then I thought, it's going to cost me 80 quid to drive down there and drive back. Not actually worth it, is it? Uh, Stephen Bridlington, been away in hospital, having his kneecap replaced. As what? He said, not been listening. Thank God for that wonderful invention in the podcast. Actually, poor old um, Corin and Tony the other day, they'd paid on standing order for the podcast... When they went to get the podcast, it said, you haven't paid. Luckily, it was sorted out yesterday, so well done, the podcast department. And they're now up to date with the podcast. But she was apoplectic. She had to go to the gym without a Steve Allen podcast. Dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Uh, Also, stories of the... This is the woman who's shoplifter, who threatened to strip naked in front of the store manager. East European. Other incidents, staff being sprayed with bottled breast milk. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I can't see why. Do you know, why don't we just... Bringing in a sec- because security guards in these shops are blooming useless, aren't they? Worse than useless. I've I've been standing there when the alarms have gone up, beep 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 beep, and the security guard stands there, and you think, are you deaf? Hello, can you hear it? Why did beep beep beep? Nothing. They just stand in the little flashing red light. You think, God, blimey, pretty. Da- why we? I don't know why we bother having them. Actually, I really don't know why we bother having them at all. A pensioner has become the first Brit to win compensation after a toxic sofa left him with horrific burns. He bought this leather sofa, uh, imported from China, and, uh, unfortunately, um, this thing has got... F- um, it, it's, people got burns, because it contains sachets of mould-killer dimethyl fumatrate, which seep through the leather. You know when you open up these settees and they're covered in plastic, they've got little packets of what sound like little shake-and-vac things? Well, that's chemical, and the chemical in there is to take the air out so the thing arrives fresh, but, unfortunately... This chemical was banned by the EU in May, but it seeped through, so people got burns. Anyway, they reckon it's about 6,000 people now could be winning compensation. Because we've gone compensation mad in this country. Compensation mad. Uh, Jamie Oliver proving, if you saw his programme last night, he's a better chef than he is travel reporter. He can't be a travel reporter. In fact, actually, that's the trouble with the, the adverts for Jamie's American trip are so good, the programme's so lame. It should be so good, but he can't. Not everybody can be a travel reporter. There's an art to it. I'm going to be talking on In Conversation in a couple of weeks' time to one of the best travel reporters in the business, the man who's made a career out of travel reporting because he's the best. He's Alan Wicker, and he just does it very, very, very well. Jamie Oliver, pff, don't waste your time. You know, even with careful editing, it still came over as rubbish. Like John Sargent. John Sargent interviewing on The One Show. Rubbish in class rubbish. There is an art to doing it. I can remember once we had a very well-known celebrity covering for me on my not on this program on another one. Ten minutes into the program, she'd run out of things to talk about. She had a guest in who thought, well, that's see, if you've got a guest in, you talk about anything, can't you? Just sit down and chat. Within five minutes, she'd run out of things to talk about and wrap the interview up. And the producer went, "You've got to, this is half an hour this interview. We've uh, uh, allocated half an hour." And she went, "What do I talk about?" You think, it's like having a dinner party. If you have a dinner party at home, you don't sit down beforehand. You go, right, I'm going to open the conversation with... OK, hi, everybody, so what did you do today? And we'll do that. Then we'll go on to, have you played any board games recently? And then we'll do, what are your favourite sweets? You don't think about that with a dinner party. You just you just get on and have conversation. And this this actress who's very well known with loads of people who covered, and she'd run out of things to talk about. Even I was horrified, because I thought, it's not difficult. And yet you know, if you listen to the radio on a regular basis, that some people struggle with thinking about things to talk about. You can hear their brain ticking away. Not me. I find the adverts a total interrupt... London's biggest conversation, LBC 90s. Morning, team. After Paul O'Grady the other day said, I'll quit Channel 4 if you cut my budget. Uh, My advice to Paul is, the same as yesterday, remember what happened to Richard and Judy. They went, they went, all right, we'll go somewhere else. And they went to a channel and nobody watched them. 8,000 people at their peak watched Richard and Judy. And they were king and queen of daytime. King and Queen of Daytime. I predict that the This Morning programme is going to go down the toilet pan as well with Holly Willoughby. I don't think she's got any gravitas. The sort of women who are watching television are not those who sit there watching flippity-jibbit kind of stuff. The only reason Holly Willoughby is successful is because she gets her tits out for people. That's the only reason on Strictly Come Dancing. You remember all the publicity? Oh, look, Holly Willoughby's are poor, You know, And that's all she got. Women dancing on ice. Women aren't aren't remotely interested in that. They want somebody like Fern who can have a bit of conversation who's who's been around a bit and knows what to talk about. Holly Willoughby, I've watched her on the uh, the X Factor, Extra Factor. She's rubbish. You know, it's just it's and I think you'll realize within a very short space of time and she must be realizing as well that she's going to be out of her depth and I bet you anything she'll be quietly replaced because it's just not going to be good. She's a bit too... <coughs> kind of, you know, which isn't good enough. On only a bit of gravitas. It's a bit like sticking Kerry Katona on there. She's pictured in the paper today. and uh, the pub the other day. Fantastic. Nice to see that bankruptcy hasn't affected you, love. Still doing the same thing, the V sign, packet of fags in one hand and poking her tongue out. It's a shame, actually, you didn't uh, sort of stick your stomach back in again. But there again, you're a funny little person, aren't you? She actually reckons very shortly, she'll be sectioned. Well, if you actually think you're going to be sectioned, you never will be. It's only people who are sectioned because they've got no idea. She's unfortunately well aware of how much she's, uh, she's not contributing to the country. I wish somebody would give her a bloody job. Make a stack. Sh- do something. Get her, do, get her doing something. Because she's bone idle. She's lazy. She should actually work in Iceland. Stick, her, stick the old thing on the till. Get her working like people have to work nowadays. Annie's been watching the eggheads. And uh, they win all the time. Yeah, because that's why they're there. Because they're the intelligent ones. That's why all these people they put up against them on eggheads. They're not going to win, are they? Because they're not as bright. All these other people on, on the AKS panel have all won competitions. They've been brain of Britain, mastermind, they've been everything. So, of course, they know these... I mean, I know you want to strangle Daphne. I know single-handedly we'd all hold her under the water. You know, because she's that kind of irritant. But, the, but she probably doesn't see herself as an irritant. In the same way that B in the Big Brother house didn't see herself as being that irritating little stuck-up-her-own-rear-end person who nobody liked. And they kicked out Lisa the other night the shaven-headed lesbian who contributes nothing. All she did was smoke fags. And then they dragged on John McCri I hated her. I hate her. Why do we have to have all these stereo Why do all lesbians have to be shaven-headed with tattoos, for God's sake? Just just really gets on my nerves. Really gets on my nerves. And John McCreary they had on there. I mean, a man. He shouldn't be allowed on television. The man's an idiot, I'm afraid. And for some reason, Brian Bellos, or whatever his name is, dressed up in women's clothing and calling himself Olivia. Really is it... Oh, you've seen him before like this, have you? Oh, right, I thought it was done as some joke. Is he now cross-dressing? Oh, it's... Oh. No, it's not funny. And also, because because he doesn't actually have any talent for doing anything, he sat there wearing this silly blonde wig, looking a bit stupid, I'm afraid, but there you go. That's him. Carpet in the bathroom's okay, says Richard, but not with small kids. You see, that's... You see, I don't have small children. The godchildren, you know, luckily have learnt how to aim... So that's OK. It's no good having bathroom in the cupboard. You've got little children. Luckily, I don't have little children. And I do have carpet in the bathroom. And it's beautiful. It's cool. And it's lovely. And the Afghan rugs on the top are beautiful. And your feet sink into it. It's delicious. I have to tell you. Uh, Steve? Steve! So we had that the other day. I knew Jordan... Uh, I never knew Jordan could sink so low. Even if she was raped, how could you sell the story of being raped? And, she says, she was with a friend. Well, you see, what I want now is I want the papers to find who the friend is. Because is this made up? Is this a true story? If it's a true story, why, when she went home, did she not tell her mother or go to the police? She, was, she claimed she was six years old. This man is a very, very dangerous paedophile and there's a very good chance he could still be alive. You would want to find him, wouldn't you? Would you not want to find this man? I certainly would. I certainly would. Tony says, with regards to yob culture, I'm constantly thinking when it started... I know in my day we had uh, skinheads and the, uh, and the greasers or the rockers, but it was always confined to areas. When I asked myself, when did this downfall all start, discipline has gone completely out the window. Well, I don't think there is any discipline. You don't think that any of these youths involved in throwing the bottles at Nottingham can't go home and their mummies and daddies smack their legs. They probably shout and scream abuse at their parents. They're those sort of people because their parents have got no control over them. Never did have. Never did have. Mike says, I have to drive 15 miles to get to work. The petrol price doesn't help, but I don't know who to thank. My company for lowering my expenses cover or the government for increasing it anyway. (laughs) Probably neither of them, I shouldn't think. Uh, Ali says, remember, the police do a great job, but the courts give Mickey Mouse sentences. I'll tell you, if I was a a judge. Oh, God, no messing around, I'm afraid. I I would be bringing about hanging. I would absolutely... Oh, the Lockerbie bomber, apparently, is on his last legs. Apparently he could die any day now. Good. I want to sort sort of be uncharitable this morning. Um, it makes sense now why Ronnie Biggs was released Because they knew they were going to release the Lockerbie bomber Says Darren you know, He's still living isn't he Sitting up in bed the other day Oh please baby Jesus go on take him quickly Do us all the favour Put everybody out of their misery Makes it much easier uh, Steve Says Andrew had a blood test uh, it Took a year to pluck up the courage The fear of having it done worse than the actual test I know It is awful isn't it I was watching a Golden Girls last night An old one and they, they were talking about uh, one of them having a blood test. Uh, it was an AIDS test. And she said, I don't, I don't want to know the results. And they said, it would take about three days. She said, I don't want to know. Because, I mean, would you want to know? I mean, I would always expect my, my doctor, to be honest with me, I would want to know exactly what was going on in my blood test. I would want to know exactly. We were talking to Alan Cumming about drinking. And he was, he drinks a bottle of wine a day. And he said, but the difference is, he said, I don't get a hangover because I drink water. If you mix it with water, if you, you know, have, and I drink tons of water, in fact... We've started on the water already this morning. Quite clearly, the wine is around the corner, which is quite nice. Actually, how people could how people could ever drink first thing in the morning is beyond me. I mean, I really couldn't. I could never become an alcoholic unless I was pushed to it. I could never drink first thing... Some people wake up in the morning and you see them. We have a couple of drunks in Twickenham. Well, we've got more than a couple. And they sit there drinking cans of Stella and uh, and other drinks at eight o'clock in the morning. I could not drink... I mean, you must be comatose by the time you get to lunchtime. I couldn't drink at all at that time. I don't know why. Mitch says, what does Dawn do for a living? She's always at concerts. Is she a music critic? Well, like, you know, strange way, She probably is. She does go to a lot of concerts. She goes to more concerts than anybody I know. More concerts. I mean, she must, she's got an encyclopedic memory of everything that goes on at, uh, at concerts. Daily Mirror today... Uh, they've got uh, Katie Price again, and uh, what was this one here? There was, there was another story. I was trying to go through the paper to try and find something that was remotely interesting because at the moment, I'm afraid, it's terribly dreary in the papers. There's Alexandra Burke. She's got an album out shortly, and she's had to wear skin-tight leather. Well, I don't want to be rude, but she's a bit chunky for skin-tight leather, you know. I mean, some people can get away with skin-tight... I mean, you know, if, if it was sort of Vicky Beckham, she could wear skin-tight leather. Alexandra Burke's a little bit big for that kind of thing. And Danny Minogue has said she would love to make it in America... And she said, perhaps I we went and spent time over there. No, oh dear, I'm sorry, you've got no talent. You know, I don't want to be rude about it, but you haven't made it in this country either. So, and you've certainly not made it in Australia. So, I mean, you know, where are you Guatemala's fairly popular this time of year. Mozambique would be very good. Pretoria. Why don't you try any of these places? Just don't come here. Because having put that poor bloke through the other day on the X Factor, the one whose brother is dead now because he had the illness, and they all put him through, and Louis goes, a million percent you're through, and we're all shouting at the television, he can't sing. I mean, Bill Buckley, who knows a tune when he hears it, also admitted the other day he can't Luckily, everybody's agreed with me. Now, I always say that because it always prompts one old barmy to come out of the woodwork go, I thought he was excellent, you know, generally written in crayon, you know, matron says we can't have anything sharp in here at all. Actually, I did have some jokes, but I've left them at home. They were very good ones. And do you remember we talked the other day, I said the things that make my my, my hands go, Ooh, and my flesh creep and all the hairs on my arms stand on end, in the singular, is the bloke who climbs up the outside of buildings with no safety net, no wire, just his bare hands... And it makes me feel ill because I get vertigo standing on a cardboard box. I mean, I'm really not very good. He's done it again. Alain Robert stood on top of a skyscraper the other day. This is the Twin Towers in Kuala Lumpur. One and a half thousand feet. He climbed up the outside with his bare hands and a pair of trainers. I mean, I I just. beggars belief. He was arrested when he got to the top and then he was released. He climbs up the outside with just... What happens if you get there and you go, oh, I don't think I can hold on anymore. Oh, I've got a scratch. Oh! What would you do? I mean, I, I couldn't. I don't know how many of you can hold your weight up. I mean, the, the thing to do is hang on to a tree. Don't try this if you're over 35, all right? Hang on to a tree, lift your legs off the ground, see how long you can hang on for. The answer, not very long. And he's clinging on with his fingers to the outside of a building. I mean, he has, to overcome vertigo, I mean, he has actually, all all his body, because he has fallen before, pins are holding his body together, but I just find it absolutely amazing. He took 40 minutes to climb the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, he conquered the Sears Tower, he did Lloyd's of London, it's only 312 feet, but frankly, I wouldn't even climb out of this window, I wouldn't climb out of this window, nothing, I mean, if I stood on a chair I'd get funny. He's climbed the Chung Kong Centre in Hong Kong, 885 feet, a peak, and he's climbed the Taipei 101 in Taiwan, which is 1,670. He climbs the outside of it. You imagine you're in there and you go, he's on the outside of our building. How's he holding himself up? With his fingers and a pair of plimsolls. I mean, he's just absolutely amazing. A sports convertible, nicknamed a hairdresser's car, has been voted the best second hand buy. What is it? The Mazda MX5. I traded mine in for a Rolls. And in the garage, they said to me... I said, how, what, how did you get rid of my car? He said, it took us forever. It took us forever to get rid of it. He said, nobody wanted Mazdas. Couldn't get rid of a Mazda. I was always quite, quite pleased, though, that I actually traded it in for a Rolls. So I, I mean, obviously adding a bit of extra money. Like, quite a bit of extra money. Steve, I think Kerry Katona should be stacking shelves in Iceland as part of a work experience programme. Does anybody know if she has actually done any work? No, she's never done anything. She's a bone-idle slob, I'm afraid. And don't get me started on Jordan or Katie Price. But carpet in the bathroom... Provided it's luxurious like yours and mine, it's fabulous. I love it, and it's not council, says David. See, yesterday people accused me of being council. Well, I don't know anybody in a council flat who could afford the carpet that I've got in my bathroom. I mean, frankly, there's a few hundred pounds worth of rugs sitting over the top of it as well. And I don't wee on carpeting like some people do. I'm very good, very clean, and, uh, and it's beautiful. Some people say, oh, you get carpet mites. Not in my bathroom, you don't. If they are, they're the cleanest carpet mites you've ever seen in your entire life. Uh, later on, Steve Hargrave will join us. He'll be telling us some of the music news, and hopefully we'll have some clips as well. And yesterday, Noreen managed to, to get where she needed, on the M25 and M11. Yeah, now, you'll remember this from old. She doesn't do motorway driving. She's not very good on motorways, but she's doing it. And she's booked for two shows this morning, booking Jerry and the Pacemakers and Chip Hawks with Brian Poole, both in Milton Keynes. She said, do you know when you're on holiday yet? Did I not mention when I was on holiday? I think I did, actually. I think I have. Have I not mentioned it? Well, it's, it's going to be the end of this, this month. It's going to be the last week in this month, uh, in September, where we are now. So it'll be the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I'll be here on the Sunday, and I'll be here the following Sunday, but I'll take the, the interim days off, as it were. I shall be sunning myself in the sunny climes of Twickenham by Thames. That'll be quite nice. Yeah, see, for us. I could go, See, I wanted to go and surprise Nathan Morley and turn up, you know, in my, little, in my little speedos by the side of his pool. But apparently now we've heard he sometimes swims au naturel. I'm not over keen on the idea, I'm afraid. Not over keen. Still funny, though. Quarter to six is the time. These are the headlines. A full debate on the release of the Lockerbie bomber will be held in the Scottish Parliament later. The Justice Secretary, Kenny McCaskill, will defend himself almost two weeks since Abdelbasid Ali McGrachy was feed on compassionate grounds. A man's died after being shot in Luton. The 22-year-old was found by police just after nine last night in a residential area of the town. And Andy Murray's got off to the best possible start at the US Open. The world number two has beaten Latvia's Ernst Gulbis in straight sets in the first round. Let's have a check on the road, shall we? Huge broom, here he is.
1: Thank you very much, Steve. Uh, For starting Kingston, actually, problems with the burst wall... Later,
0: call me. Morning everybody, nice to have your company, Thirteen, fourteen minutes to 6 o'clock. Wednesday morning in uh, London town, and Colleen Rooney has said she's not going to get pregnant again for a while. She said it's, uh, it's too exhausting, and of course having... She's got to have this one first, but I mean, she, it's too exhausting. Also, I mean, because you can't shop as much, can you? Because she doesn't actually do anything either. And, yeah, well, so I know people work, but not, not Colleen, because, you know, married to rich, ugly Shrek lookalike. And so they've got one child, so that'll be nice. And I think just being married to him must be a bit... Tough. What do they talk about of an evening? What do they talk about? I mean, oh, that's right, they watch Soaps, don't they? I could imagine, actually, because, you know, when they had the wedding, he didn't talk to anybody because he's, he, he's got no conversation. There's no point. It's like Roman Abramovich, or Abramovich... He can't talk to any of his girlfriend's friends because they're all art collectors and he's a market trader. He's got nothing in common with anybody so he has to sit in the corner by himself. It's, you know, he might be terribly rich, but unfortunately he's got nothing to talk about. It's a little bit... I'm trying to get my head round Muhammad Ali, who visits Ireland and doesn't say a word. Not one word during the trip. He just waves at people. No, we know he can't, but I don't understand what he's doing in all these places. Is this a money-making trip for him? I think it's money-making, isn't it? I mean, because it just seems to be a bit like that. Well, I think he needs the money, because I don't think he's earned anything for years. I know he sells bits of art and signs it, or attempts to sign it and stuff like that. I think this is money-making. That's what it is. It's a bit of sort of shameless PR. I don't mind, actually. I thought he was quite entertaining when he was on Parky's show. It was just the fact he managed to do the whole island trip and not say one word to anybody. He just did the sort of, you know, the fist thing and everything else, and he met... met. Uh, I was going to say Tommy Cooper. He met Henry Cooper, didn't he, the other day? It's so s- Imagine if he met... Oh, me, Cooper. Even more funny. Even more funny. Um, um what else? Oh, bloody! Trying to... F- oh, there's a woman here. Okay, a nursery school teacher. And, uh, she was shocked. Doctors gave her a 30% chance of surviving. She had bowel cancer. She's fine now, but the nursery where she worked paid her for, obviously... Some, what do you want? tea bag? Mm-hmm. Mug. Oh, look at that. Empty that out. Shall I have it in a paper cup? Oh,
2: I can empty it out. Oh, all right. Like okay, okay. okay. if you
0: want to do that. Okay, Skirt's a bit too short. this morning for somebody your age, okay. So, I'd mention it. Mine? Yes, a little bit too short. Not. For somebody of your age, make them a bit longer, okay? I'm this sexual provocation stuff going on. Oh dear. And uh, where was I? Oh yes. Yeah, so I forgot what I was doing. actually. <laughs> I have completely forgotten. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, so anyway, so the 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 nursery school write to her, and they say, look, you know, hope you're getting through the the chemo and all the rest of it. And uh, sorry about that. And obviously, we can't keep, you know, we can't afford to pay you. Full salary anymore, uh, have you managed to have some counseling or found people with similar problems i 'm sure it would help you 'll see that you haven 't been paid for this month you 've been on full pay up until now, but i 'm afraid i can 't manage that any longer as i 'm sure you understand now, that seems fairly okay to me. most people you go away on maternity leave or whatever, and you get so much time off it 's not the, the nursery 's fault so anyway she 's taking them to court she 's suing them for for hurt feelings. And and disability discrimination. Is that all we've come to in this country now? Is that all we've come to? We just want, give us money. Give us money. That's all we want. We want money. And that apparently solves everything. Disability discrimination. She hasn't got this anymore. She's, you know, she's fine. I thought they'd actually paid her. And then they said, listen, we can't, you know, afford to keep paying you. There's no money sort of coming in. So she wants £25,000 for hurt feelings. You can't help feeling we've turned into a nation of bloody drips. Can you imagine if every time somebody said something to you, Oi, fatty! <laughs> you know, and you think to yourself, oh, blimey. Just ridiculous, isn't it? People now, compensation mad. Lynn says, I'm like you, not very good with heights. My sister has a staircase with no banister. I look so silly going to the law on all fours and back down on my bottom. Oh I wouldn't do a staircase without banisters, I'm afraid. Definitely not. Definitely not. Duggan Loudon? He's getting new bathroom carpet in Misty Biscuit. How lovely. I do like, actually, biscuit colour. I don't know why I bought biscuit. Have you noticed, when you go past carpet shops, what are the predominant colour of offcuts outside? Answer, beige. Beige and biscuit. Nobody goes for bright colours. I would love bright red, bright blue, but you just don't, You go for biscuit. Good. 114 shopping days to Christmas. Fantastic. Why don't you become a judge? Ha, ha, ha. I, I like that idea. Actually, I quite like. Unfortunately, I, I would be hangem and flogem brigade. I'm not. I'm not very tolerant of stupid people. I, I don't buy into the fact that some people turn up in court wearing a suit. I don't buy into that at all. Now, once a thug, always a thug. Doesn't matter whether they're wearing a 27 pound suit from Tesco or wherever it's from. No, I'm not into that kind of thing. Carissa Dixon Wright escaped punishment after she admitted attending an illegal hair coursing event. I think she's going to be a guest on In Conversation very shortly. I like her. I like her because she was part of the Two Fat Ladies. Because I can't stand the hairy bikers. I cannot stand them. Sorry about that, professional northern twits. I cannot bear them. They've got a programme going on at the moment. I think I might have seen a... Pull it down a bit, all right?
2: Well, pull it down around my ankles. Well, the,
0: down your ankles pull would be nice. Down. If you were at school now, you'd be sent home to dress properly. <laughs> they did that once, didn't they? They were sending girls home oh. from school saying, this this clothing is inappropriate. You don't find boys going to school in shorts, do you? So, girls go to, I mean, some of the girls who go to school nowadays, I mean, they are short, short skirts. I mean, they're practically belts. I don't know how their parents can let, unless they go out the ha- we used to, you not go out the house. First of all, you're all, you're all properly dressed, you get down to the bus shelter. By the time you got down there, you know, if you're a girl, your skirt's got a bit short, you've pulled it up, your tie's skew with to one side, and you've gelled your hair up. You know, it's, it, nobody ever does it any differently. We've all done it. There's something floating in my tea. Something swimming around in here. I don't know what it is. Still not done the mattress at home. I must do that today. Oh, oh god! Yes, good. We decided the coffee from the machine wasn't worth uh, risking your life for. I don't know what's the matter with it. Actually, it's just strange. It's not. You wouldn't have thought it could do much wrong with some. With some. You wouldn't have thought that it could, you could go wrong. It's only beans ground with water through them. It can't be that complicated. Anyway, Clarissa actually was uh, was let off conditional discharge. Hardly worthwhile taking it to court in the first place, as far as I'm concerned. Here she is, Kerry Coke Toner, out in the pub the other day. Couple of pints, yeah, lovely love, isn't it? Isn't it great? How great. What a waste of space you are. Really do something. And uh, people are very protective of their allotments. Very protective of their allotments. I don't have an allotment, and I, but I like the idea that people have them, because I think it's something quaintly British. But people get very jealous of other people. And in fact, on one allotment that I go past, somebody's obviously been in there and graffitiised all these people's little sheds. And if ever I caught a graffiti artist, I'm sorry, but I would actually be amputating hands. I would absolutely. It'd be Saudi Arabia all over again. I do not understand the mentality of somebody going out there and writing on the side of a train or on a bus or on a building or something, you know, around our way. If, if uh, graffiti appears, the council are fairly good, one of the few things they're actually quite good at, is going round and they've got a graffiti-busting team and they spray it off. If it's on a private building, you've got to pay for having it taken off. We've had, it, we've had to pay a few times 600 pounds So we've now coated everything with anti-graffiti paint, which is a lot easier. Frankly, I'm, I'm going with the, with the Chinese, the butter on the bridge. Remember the butter on the bridge to stop people committing suicide? They were sick to death, the Chinese, because they don't waste time of people climbing onto this bridge in Guangdong province and jumping off to their death, because obviously they've got emotional problems, that they coated the entire bridge with butter so that nobody can get a grip on the bridge, so they can't climb up there, solve the problem. Over here, we'd have to have guards patrolling. This is the same country where you do remember... It always makes me laugh. I don't know why. It shouldn't do. Where the bloke is threatened to commit suicide and all the commuters are going into one of China's main industrial cities. And in the end, somebody got so fed up, he got out of the car, climbed up on the bridge and pushed him off. (laughs) This wasting my time, we're going to work you know, it's all these cries for help isn't it, it's like Kerry Katona you know, oh I'll I'll probably be found dead I'll probably commit suicide, no you won't you're just being stupid I'm afraid, just being stupid thousands of people turning out for Muhammad Ali his famous boxing pose I tell you, they loved him in Ireland actually he was made a freeman of Ennis so, it's Ennis, it's town, yeah so you must be delighted, he's 67 now he was voted the greatest sportsman of the 20th century was he? Was he really the greatest sportsman of the 20th century? I don't know, but apparently his ancestors lived in this town until the 1860s. Apparently so. He'd never set foot in the County Clare town where his ancestors lived up until the 1860s. Blimey. How have they worked that one out? Muhammad Ali's ancestors lived there. Perhaps they were slaves. I don't know. I can't think of any other reason. In Ireland? I know. Doesn't make any sense, does it? Apparently, Ali's wife Yolanda says, Now we know Muhammad is an Ennis man. We'll be back. But they were thrilled. <laughs> Muhammad Ali. So he's, he's, he's an Ennis boy. Oh, God, I never knew that. I never knew that. Muhammad, yes, Muhammad O'Ali. <laughs> That's sweet, isn't it? Uh, so they're showing on the television again, they're showing that uh, programme about the funeral directors. And I can't remember what they're called now. They're the funeral directors in East End, I think in Bermondsey. I think they did Jade's funeral. They do loads of them. But... Uh, what are they called? I can't remember what they call, but it's, it's quite a good documentary. But they've got a girl who's been training to be a uh, an embalmer. And when I worked in a department store years and years ago, we had a funeral department, as indeed did all the co-ops and things like that. And I remember watching them embalming once, and I remember thinking... I don't ever want to do this job. It's not the most pleasant job. And all it is, it's for people who want to go and view somebody and you want to make them look. And she seemed to have the right idea. She was kind of, you know what I mean, like talking like this. But she loved it. She was getting into it going, you know, I get a bit, bit embarrassed when there's like blokes in so I want to cover them up because I don't think people should be seen naked. She said, but I want to make them look good for their relatives she's quite respectful of people which is you know which is how you expect it to be if you're committing a loved one to somewhere you want them to make sure they look after them the best way but they're obviously i think Albins, i think it is Albins. that's the name on the top of my head but as i say memory like a sieve allen but it's very interesting to watch them doing they did a very big funeral the other day and they've got their garden of remembrance where they do stuff like that but they couldn't quite manage to get jack tweed down there could they for jade's one a Little bit too busy with a bottle, I think, somewhere. 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. More nights for me now, says Dan. So off to bed. As for huge brooms travel about Kingston's burst water main, they dug it up last night, and by 11 pm, the poor hard workmen were asleep in their van. And when I was finishing at 5 am, guess what? Still sleeping. Because Dan knows these things. So I, I they would, do you know, strangely enough, Dan. These burst water mains, they have people there. They call, they're call. like security. They had one a short while ago down on the riverbank where I go. And he was sleeping in his van every day. And he was supposed to be, obviously, security. Albins, is it? The funeral director. Thank you. So, Dan, sleep well. I bet you fancy a piece of toast now, don't you? A piece of toast with crispy bacon on it. yum, yumma yumma. Garlic, garlic toast in a, in, a, in a halogen oven is quite nice at this time of the morning. I couldn't do toast in mine. It didn't seem to toast it very quickly. So takes a bit longer to toast i thought it might do but uh what did i have the other day oh actually like what did i have last night That's something i haven't had for ages and i now can't remember for the life it was. oh i know what i did i did some of that uncle ben's wok rice which is very nice you know it's very good i'm sure rice isn't good and it was an egg fried rice and i did it with some cut up pork and some broccoli and some sweet and sour sauce delicious i'm now a chef It's unbelievable, isn't it? Presenter one minute, chef the next. The Steve Allen cookbook. I see it.
2: Myself and uh, my
0: husband
3: were uh, driving into town. As we turned off, a car struck the back.
0: Morning, team. Nice to be company. It's Wednesday morning. It's seven minutes past six. Dan says halogen oven for breakfast. McDonald's. Only you. Only you. Apparently, Brian says, years ago, a genealogist traced Muhammad Ali's family tree and discovered he had white ancestors. Bizarre, isn't it? Isn't it bizarre? And also, in any I mean, how do you find these things out? I'm always impressed by these uh, television programmes. Uh, eight for eight five oh. Steve, you said yesterday we were getting money obsessed. So at Gatwick Airport, I gave a waiter a 45 pence tip. He looked at it and handed it back with a look of disgust. Ungrateful or what? I know, some, I mean, somebody did that to a cab driver once, didn't they? I think they gave them a 20 pence tip and the bloke gave it back saying, he said, I think you need it more than I do. <laughs> kind of always amuses me. Although we went out for lunch with the, with the Godchildren on, uh, when was it, Monday. And I tipped 10%. And so it was £78 or something. Whatever it was, I gave him 85 Something like that. And so the bloke's standing there and he's going, um, and I said, that's OK. He said, I'm just trying to work out how much I've got to give you back. I said, no, that's, that's the tip. You know, otherwise I would have given you the exact money. He said, oh, oh, right. Be peculiar or something? That's how tips work, isn't it? I don't know. Susan Spence will know about all this. Oh, no, she won't. She's Scottish. And, uh so <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love a bit of stereotyping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> morning, Treasure. Morning. How are you? Well, it's it's winter. I'm totally convinced that we are now heading into autumnal days.
3: Do you know, I think you're right, because when I got up this morning and I opened the curtains, I thought, oh, my God, it's still dark. Yeah,
0: it is. Well, it's pitch dark round here.
3: Yeah, normally when I speak to you at this time, it's it's quite bright and yeah. it's, it's fairly sunny and the birds are chirping today. No, you're right. I think uh, I think we're heading there, which I have to say I'm actually quite pleased about because you know we do like the autumn awesome and the winter coming in.
0: It is true. At the moment, yeah. I'm desperately hanging on to my uh, my plants in the baskets and the uh, and the tubs, but they're they're gradually looking a bit sadder by the day. I'm afraid. And how are your smelly tomatoes? I've given the tomatoes away to Mr Vezino because he looks after these things better than I do. But my strawberries are doing really well. Oh, excellent. My strawberries, I mean, even my next door neighbour David, is now cultivating the second crop of the season.
3: Well, you have to... Wouldn't you have to either start covering them or something because it starts to drop in temperature then you'll
0: lose them won't you oh well, yeah but I, 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 what I'll do is I'll either throw them out or give them to Mr Vasino and he'll <laughs> then I mean I think he's actually running a market gardening out of stuff <laughs> I, I give him say, I gave I him eight you... hanging baskets a short <laughs> while ago I think you're keeping that man going for a new livelihood well he, he's very good for things like that because he likes he likes the gardening and he, and he, he rescues stuff whereas I don't I'm a bit disposable I'm afraid
3: Oh, I'm afraid I just let it all die, unfortunately, because yeah. I don't know how to rescue it.
0: Yeah, well, I don't. I give it to. Him. I think that he he would separate plants in baskets and grow them on. Yeah, you probably find I- he's a multi-millionaire, and I just haven't yeah. realised it. <laughs> um, well, maybe
3: he might, you know, be kind to you later on in life.
0: Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a good lad, though. So, listen, in in the world of soaps, yes, got what I've got up to now. Where are we up to in uh, well senders?
3: Yeah, do you know what, there's actually quite a lot going on in the silps over the next couple of days. Um, We we can start with the EastEnders, I quickly rattle through them. Um, um, On Thursday, obviously no silps tonight, normally there's an Emmerdale, but for some strange reason, um, they had a double bill last night, and uh, tonight they're putting on um, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, which I find somewhat strange to do that on a Wednesday night, but anyway. (laughs) Um, So EastEnders tomorrow night then. Now, Something that happens tomorrow night down in the allotments with Lucas and Trina and it's all very nasty. Um for those who don't want to hear, just shut your ears for two seconds. Basically, she dies accidentally. They have a she real dies tussle.
1: accidentally.
3: Yeah, well they have a real tussle and then he pushes her. She falls over, um, in the sh- in the garden shed, Charlie's garden shed, and falls her head hits a rake which pierces her head. Um and oh. now she could be saved. But Lucas looks at her and walks away and sits outside the shed and waits till she dies. Ah. (laughs) He's meant to be a Christian. He's meant to be a preacher. Um, Anyway, so she's causing too much trouble in his personal life, so he lets her die. So that happens over Thursday, Friday. Um, And those who've been following it will know that on Friday um, we have the return of Sam Mitchell. Um, Obviously, the papers have been full of that, that she's the new character returning. And... I'm a bit upset by that because it's just coming at the time where Bianca has discovered that actually Ricky is the love of her life and she wants to tell him all of this but of course she pretty much misses the boat or does she? Um, They've done this really well at EastEnders watch it over the next couple of days and absolutely, and we'll talk about this next week but absolutely watch it next week it's going to be a great week um, in EastEnders so much happening and it's all pretty much all centred on the Mitchells Um,
0: And is Danielle Westbrook back in now? (laughs)
3: <laughs> yes, it's Daniel Westbrook, who's playing um, he's playing Sam Mitchell. Um, right. Yeah, so... She's a bit old
0: uh, for it now, isn't she? Uh,
3: well, I don't know if you've seen the trailer on BBC One. Yes, I don't think she's looking particularly great. No. Um, but uh, a very good trailer, although a lot of people saying that it's been the idea for it's been nicked from... Uh, Confessions of a Call Girl, which, is on, uh, which oh. was on ITV One with Billy Piper.
2: Oh, of course, yeah. it's yeah,
3: very, very similar. If you if you if you know both of these, right. if you've seen both the trailers. Uh, but yeah, lots happening um, for, for EastEnders over the next week or so. Um, in Coronation Street, oh, it was very sad on Monday night. Um, because Ramsey, they found out that Ramsey had died on his return flight to Australia. Now, as you know, Norris Cole is just a little sweetie wife, a little busybody. Yeah. Um, nobody really bothers with him, and he's quite amusing. Well, it ended on Monday with him standing at his mother's grave, bawling his eyes out. Oh, and man. over the next week or so, we're going to get to see a completely different side of, of him, because Emily and Rita really give him a hard time for the way that he treated um, his brother Ramsey. So,
0: I hated who- Ramsey.
3: Well, I did too. But I didn't I you... think
0: he was he was great as an actor. I didn't think it was believable. I didn't like anything.
3: No, I, I I agree with you, but I do tell you what I do like, and I think you will too, because you like the older actors. Who, um, is that it means that Rita um, Norris and Emily all get to t- take up a lot of screen time, which yes. as you know they never get. So it's great to see great to see them act. Yes, and also um, <laughs> uh, Ashley um, tells Claire confesses to Claire that really the vasectomy that she sent him off to have a couple of weeks ago, actually, he didn't go through with it.
0: Because he actually confessed that to the guy in the butcher's shop. Yeah. (laughs) And then then (laughs) they do that sort of classic line where he brings (laughs) his his, uh, hatchet down on the piece of meat and chops it in half. Yeah, they do. (laughs) do, lovely (laughs) bit of television.
3: (laughs) They do do that. And um, she, of course, goes absolutely ape. And then on Friday, they have a dinner party with Kevin and Sally. Well, of course, Molly and Kevin have started their affair again. So there's a big hoo-ha at this party Ooh, uh, on Friday uh, night. Uh, 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 yeah. Oh, one thing you will...
1: Oh, No, that's next
3: oh, no, no, it's next week. I'll tell you next week. It's, it's next oh, week. Right. Yeah, and, and in Emmerdale, Chaz and um, Chaz and Carl got it together last night and they get caught out um, as she leaves his house uh, on Thursday. Lots going on in Emmerdale with yeah. the wild. Really, really good in Emmerdale as well. And I want moment.
0: somebody to tell me, if the woman who plays the woman that I can't stand, who works in the pub, but talks like that... And oh, yeah, Val. Val... Is she putting on that accent? Is she really quite cultured? Because if she's putting it on, it's even worse than I thought.
3: No, no. she It's is maybe she a little bit there? toned out. No, she's like that because I interviewed her once at one oh, of the right. soap and she is. Very nice, though. Yeah, but, yes, sure. that's her accent. Oh,
0: damn. Yeah, it's but terrible.
3: The, the new soap updates for next week are up on the website.
0: Lovely. Good girl. All right, listen. Okay. Enjoy the rest of your day.
2: Thank you. You too. Talk Bye. You soon. Bye. Bye. There she is,
0: Lovely, Susan Spence. No, it's actually, as we've been speaking, it's gone from dark. There's another naked person in a room. What is going on round here today? We'll have to move buildings. There's, I'm looking at a naked... They're stark naked. We'll have to take a break. Someone once said to me that they wanted to be a vet. But Morning, everybody. 18 minutes past uh, six is the time. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. Uh, I was cleaning out the attic the other day, says Brian in Hampton Hill, with the wife, filthy, dirty, covered in cobwebs, which is good with the kids. An old Tommy Cooper gag. I love it. Actually, I didn't see Michaela uh, ghost hunting with Louis Walsh and Boyzone. Oh dear! But they had the willies put up them. And uh, and Connie says, you know that story of the sofas with the toxic sachets was first mentioned on Watchdog. Yes, but now it's it's come to court, and so now he's been awarded compensation, which means that I think everybody else is is going to be jumping on the bandwagon. About six and a half thousand, actually. Uh, as a cab driver, especially lately, I've been getting a lot of 20 pence tips, and it's always from the people coming from Harrods, Bond Street, or a significant hotel. 20 pence. Uh, to be honest with you, I, don't, I wish this person had put their clothes on at the window. It's very off-putting for a programme this morning. Treble, really. Uh, 84850, oh, steve at lbc.co.uk. And don't forget, you get all the soap updates a bit later on. So, she dies. So now you know. Shame, in it? Actually, I didn't know who she was. And apparently that old bloke has been... got rid of. When they got rid of the family, and I thought they should have kept the mother, and now the old bloke who looked raggedy with the dog, and he's... oh, he went ages ago, did he? Where did they go, these people? I don't know. Oh, they've all gone to the Cotswolds. Bring the mother back, that's what I say. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Even more of you listening than ever before to LBC 97.3, which I'm very happy about. Steve Hargrave is with us. Morning, Stevie.
2: Yeah, good morning. You know, just, just tune in for a little bit and it's like somebody died and you're looking at some naked guys.
0: Did I get this right? We're sitting here. Now, opposite us, there is a building. Uh-huh. And yeah. it's a little bit like, uh, Celebrity Squares, where all of a sudden the, the square would light up. Only in this case, they're generally naked. Not, they not don't celebrity. know that we can see them because we're double glazed. And there's about three or four feet between the front window and the back window of the studio. And this morning, well, yesterday, yesterday we had one... On the weekend, we had somebody who pulled the curtains and sat there staring at us from the window. Is that their flat, is it? It's their, their flat, yes. And this morning, we've got naked man in the kitchen. Ugly naked man. It's a bit like Friends. It is like Friends. Unfortunately, trying to tear the producer away from it is proving more difficult than I thought. <laughs> she won't stop looking. I keep saying, don't look. She got a camera out. But, binoculars binoculars. It is the camera. sky at night. It's a telescope. Video camera. <laughs> coming through <laughs> an internet news. Dude. Very funny, actually. Very, very funny. <laughs> we have to laugh. Every day's an adventure around here. I love oh, it. Well, yeah. right, day we're listening. We, we better get on quickly, so we've got... Hopefully, the, the machine will work this morning.
2: Well, let's see, let's see how we go. We'll, we'll give it a try. Um, we're going to start off this morning with a bit of Bad Lieutenant, who is new bands from uh, New Order, Bernard Sumner, and Stephen Morris as well. Uh, new Order kind of Up a couple of years ago, again they fell out of Peter Hook. They started this new band, which sounds fairly similar. They got a new album out called Never Cry a Tear. That's out in October, and they're playing Heaven on October the twenty-first. We'll crack on. We'll give it a whirl. Uh, This is Bad Lieutenant. Hopefully,
0: in a song called Sink or Swim. Yeah, bad Lieutenant and Sink or Swim. It worked well. I'm too excited. Two more tracks to go with a bit of luck. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Including yeah. Scarlett Johansson and oh, I P- you,
2: lieutenant? lieutenant. Like, I don't know whether they're doing the American sound or the English one, but of course they are English.
0: They are English, so it's Lieutenant. It's only yeah. Lieutenant in America. Yeah, right. I think like the film. Lieutenant No. It's American. So. All right.
2: Harvey Keitel. Um, don't see it if you're offended by ugly Naked Guy over the other week.
0: Oh, well, shan't going to see yeah. that one then.
2: That's ugly uh, Naked Guy in it.
0: <laughs>
2: um, right, Scarlett Johansson, she had an album out uh, last year, I think. Um, it's got, she's got another one coming out, but she, this was actually recorded two years before, which kind of makes you worry about the fact that it didn't come out at first, but um, it, I, I think this one's slightly more tuneful than her last album, which was on Waits covers. It was a bit odd. This one she's done with a US singer called Yawn, and uh, they got the album's called Break Up. They reckon it's their version of Serge Gainsbourg and Brigitte Bardot. They say that's their inspiration. Mm-hmm. We'll see what Steve Allen thinks of that uh, in a second. Let's have a listen. This is the first thing off the album that's called Reactor.
0: She's strange enough. I don't mind that one at all. It's quite bouncy. It's, it's quite, quite bouncy. bouncy. It's, it's it's a little bit peculiar in parts, but uh, I yeah. don't mind that.
2: I remember we played the, the last song when that came out on the show, and it was, yeah. I think we both were sort of a little
0: bit, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. That was very eighties. Not bad. But, this is, but yeah. better just tell about it. Naked man's waving now.
2: Hey, is he dancing to Scarlett Johansson.
0: Not with his hands. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Gets better. <laughs> <laughs> Can you turn your webcam around? So we'll <laughs> your I wonder what he was stirring his tea with earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you get a bit worried, don't you? So, so we yeah. like that Scarlett Johansson and Pete Yawn. That is the one. The yes. album called Breakup. And finally,
2: finally, the Dodos. They're from San Francisco, and they got their new album. Their third album called Time to Die, which sounds a bit miserable. But they are a lot jolly. than that would suggest I promise. Uh, they're playing at Bush Hall tomorrow. You can catch them at the Scala on the fifteenth of November as well. And the song by the Dodos called "Fables." Mm,
0: so-so on that. So-so on that
2: one. Yeah, so-so. so-so. It's okay.
0: It's I mean, it, it doesn't doesn't shake me, wake me. No, it doesn't. Does it's so? Exactly. It's
2: a man down that one. Yeah. Um, Maybe they can...
0: Oh, the it naked man's peering just... out the window. The maker... Hey! Yeah. Morning! <laughs> he's... Oh, he's turned the light off now. We he's turned the light <laughs> off. He's probably gone, Oh, my God, they can't see me. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I must the mention...
2: indicator of whether it's good, whether he
0: dances or not. Well, who knows? It's only a very small window, thank goodness. <laughs> now, David Guest. Uh, I thought they'd already cancelled all the David Guest shows due to lack of interest in this country. He was doing this before. It was uh, David Guest, The Ego Trip.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: And and it's back again, and this time yeah. it's on at the uh, Labatt's Apollo, I think, isn't it? Yeah,
2: but it's just weird. They've announced that Pete Doherty's going to play with them.
0: Well, is that desperate for publicity. He'll do anything, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, and the
2: Rumble Strip. You see, with it comes with avid, I'm going to talk about Michael Jackson factor now. Yes. And that's why they've sort of re-announced the gig for so Pete Doherty and David I don't know what's going on there. It just freaked me out a bit when they announces. I don't know if it's been
0: a sick joke. Well, I remember that all the David Guest shows last time around, it was David Guest, My Life as a Musical Producer, or just My Life as an Oddity, I'm afraid, and they, they were all cancelled. Nobody could be bothered to stump up the money for them. So he's yeah. obviously come back with this other show thinking, perhaps I can weave in Michael Jackson, and yeah, so he puts play. on Pete Doherty and the Rumble strips, and The Temptations. I'm sure it's
2: going
0: to be great. I wouldn't, well, frankly, I wouldn't be wasting Rumble my strange, time. It's so. Very That's strange. strange. I, th- yes. I think almost as strange as Bob Dylan releasing a Christmas album.
2: Yeah, well oh, little, little town Christmas.
0: of Bethlehem. Yeah. I still <laughs> we see thee lie.
2: See, one <laughs> redeeming fact, of course, that it's for charity.
0: <laughs> it would have so, to be, wouldn't it? You can get away with anything serious. Serious. it's
2: for charity. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right,
0: it's all
2: right.
0: Oh, um, and the Ruskins, LBC yeah, Chris, approved local the, boys. The
2: Ruskins, yeah, we played them before yeah. actually, and
0: they're
2: doing really, really well. The guys, really cool for them. Um, they were at the Underage Festival, and did really well, and they're playing in Twickenham. And um, at Philip McNasty's on Saturday. Uh, really good, bad. So, uh, well one on the boys, keep going. And, uh, yeah, we, we can claim some sort of part in their victory Absolutely.
0: when they become really big. Okay, Stevie, thank you so much. <laughs> All right, Steve, you keep standing naked, man. We're, we're, no, He's turned the lights off. So, I've decided oh, I'm going to stand naked by the window just to amuse him now. We'll talk to you <laughs> soon. Bye bye. Take care. This is LBC. 26 minutes to 7, Wednesday morning, LBC 97.3. Oh, they're going to add an extra lottery in the week, apparently, now, for a million-pound prize. They must be coining it in there. They must be the only business in the country that's doing really well at the moment. Because uh, in the horse racing, oh, well, we'll find out in a moment, shall we? Because our sports editor, Phil Blacker's is here with the headlines.
1: Yes, good morning. Well, Andy Murray has made an impressive start to his US Open campaign. The world number two has beaten Ernest Gilbis of Latvia in straight sets in the first round in New York overnight. He won seven five six three seven five in two hours, 16 minutes, and faces Paul Cabdeville of uh, Chile next. Fourth season, Novak Djokovic also through, but Ivo Karlovic and Stan Wawrinka have been knocked out. Transfer deadline day passed last night. Without too many major deals, none of last season's top four getting involved. One of the biggest signings was Tottenham's move for Portsmouth midfielder Nico Crenshaw. He links up again with former Pompey manager Harry Redknapp at White Hart Lane.
2: It was his last year of his contract at Portsmouth, so it was a good deal. Portsmouth did okay as well. It was decent money for them, for a player in his last year, and it was was a good signing for us, so I think both clubs are happy with the outcome,
1: and uh, I'm sure he's a real Tottenham player, he's got great ability, and he'll do well here. But Harry missed out on his other targets, who included Martin Petroff, David James, Matthew Upson and Anton Ferdinand. West Ham sold James Collins to Aston Villa but ran out of time to sign a striker. In total, an estimated £450 million was spent by clubs in the summer window. That's down £50 million on last year. Arsenal say they're disappointed with UEFA's decision to suspend striker Eduardo for two Champions League matches. The governing body ruled yesterday the uh, Croatian had deliberately conned the referee by diving to win a penalty against Celtic last week you <laughs> Arsenal will now wait until they've received UEFA's full explanation for the decision before choosing whether to launch an appeal. A row is developing over the abandonment of last night's 2020 international between England and Australia. Officials decided conditions were too dangerous for the bowlers after heavy rain, with Lancashire Cricket Club being criticised for the state of the Old Trafford outfield as the capacity crowd was sent home disappointed. The club, though, say the match could still have gone ahead and blamed the umpires for being too cautious. It means both games in the series have been washouts, which Captain Paul Collingwood says is particularly frustrating.
3: We've got four or five games before the World Cup,
1: and the team are desperate to go out there and show what they can do. Uh, And we need to find uh, more and more experience in these players. So we're desperate to get out there. I think both captains are desperate to get out there. And there are four race meetings later today. They run on the flat at Brighton, Kempton and Lingfield, and over the jumps at Hereford. And Steve Allen's racing tip is next. LBC 97.3.
0: Steve Allen. Alex says, "Does Mr. Blacker know what the forfeit is at Christmas if he loses too much money?" No, he says. I thought that was incentive enough to try and pick winners. <laughs> we haven't actually <laughs> First told I've him. heard of any. Yes, we, we, well, well, we didn't want to mention it, but I mean, there has been a forfeit every Christmas up until now. Cushing knows; he knows what the forfeit is. He's probably very wisely decided not to tell you.
1: Mm. Of course, I of didn't money. have one last Christmas, did I? Or Was that because it was? Oh, that's because we we're feeling. I inherited. The you inherited the debt.
0: Well, believe it or not, Alex with his bossy kitty had another winner.
1: It's not. It's not good, is it?
0: Three pounds seventy-five. <laughs> he won. His total loss is twelve pounds sixty-two. Your Palestine out of seventh came fourth. You lost oh, right. two pounds. You're Mid- now middle of the pack. Sixty-four pound. It doesn't matter. If it's the middle <laughs> of the pack. Or the end. Well, I might as well. Like, it's not Second all last, it doesn't matter. Does it's it? not so, winning. Yeah. Sixty-four pounds and seven pence.
1: I can't believe in the space of about three weeks how badly this has turned around. Cool, it, it, it was that. neck and neck in some ways. No, it, it, was, doing, it was
0: doing so well, then all of a sudden it just goes. Pff, I, I mean, it, it's not through lack
1: of trying, is it? No. It's not. Well, they've had a lot of second places and things it's like that. It's so not much but, use, is it? No, no use this at all. This is called winner takes all. No, no use at all.
0: You won't go each way. <laughs> You know, and, and when you do do, you moan about it days <laughs> <you gaze> afterwards. <laughs> it still doesn't work. <laughs> it still doesn't work. It's the
1: equivalent. If I go each way, it will come forth. He's done really well. I mean, I he's, know. he's really done well,
0: very, very well. So I don't know what we're going to do. He's off to Brighton today to the four o'clock mm-hmm. castor sugar. <laughs> All
1: right, win only, of course. Uh, I'm going to Brighton as well in the five o'clock Prince Valentine. Right. <laughs> Doesn't sound promising, does it? <laughs> I mean, even just it thinking did.
0: about it, it doesn't sound promising. Prince Valentine at Brighton. Yeah, mm. I've never been to Brighton. I don't even know where the race track is. It's on the way into Brighton. I I think, I've straight.
1: been to the I've been to the Greyhounds at Brighton. I've not been to the races. It's Greyhounds. Mm? Is oh they? yeah.
0: Oh right. See, so learn all sorts of things on this program. I didn't even know the Greyhounds. Mm. And we were right. That other track closed in Essex. Did it? Uh,
1: the, the Great Lees. Great Lees. Yes, that closed. It may reopen at some time, but it's right. not. It's not looking hopeful.
0: Right. Was it very big then? I mean, did they actually put a stand up and everything? Oh yeah, out? it was a proper course. Oh, they, right. uh, yeah. So somebody lost it. They, they, they lost
1: their license to. Uh, to oh, did they? There, yeah. oh, di- why? Do we know why? I was not entirely sure. Oh, but they, they're trying to get it back. But as I say, it's not looking overly likely.
0: Oh dear. Never mind. So good luck to everybody in Brighton today. So Castor sugar for us and yours is General
1: uh, Prince Valentine. Prince
0: Valentine, sorry. I think of General Lee's. I don't know, because you were talking about Great Lee's anyway. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll put them up on the website. Not yep. that it makes any difference, <laughs> but we go through the motions.
1: Uh, So you can see what to uh, to steer clear of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, he's well, no, no, not not Alex's tip at the moment. He's done very well. He must be very lucky. Tap
1: into his rich vein of form. Yes,
0: so uh, he could be worth taking a punt on today, or you can take a punt with Phil. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you could. <laughs> I wouldn't.
0: <laughs> little, yes, I wouldn't either, but there no, 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 you go. No, know, I'm, I'm, I'm being fair. You never know. This could be the one for well, you today. Yeah.
1: We're, we're over G, so... Yeah, you
0: are over G. Mm. All right, kiddo, see you tomorrow. Yep, yeah, see you then. Thank you very much indeed. Phil Blacker is back. He'll be back, actually, with uh, Nick Ferrari after the uh, the news. At uh, at seven this morning, I forgot what time it was. Actually, twenty to seven is the time. I must tell you actually what's uh, what's coming up with Nick Ferrari because I've just realised I've just <laughs> ripped it up and thrown it away, being particularly daft this morning and having one of my moments. So if I tell you what, what is happening this morning with uh, with Nick Ferrari, wait a minute, let me just find a little little thing here, and I'll probably discover I've I've uh, I've, I've got rid of it all again. I tell you for why I click on the wrong things here, and I'm sure. I then don't find them, and, and they all disappear. There it is. Uh, with him this morning, oh, doing the papers actually is Paul McKenna. I know Paul's got a new book out. I think at the uh, at the moment, and I've just realised if, if I click on the wrong things here, I've now realised how I get them back again. So that's good. They're talking about the McGrathie case closed. Yes, probably. Uh, And they're talking as well. Westminster City Council planning on scrapping some of their traffic lights in an effort to get drivers to pay more attention as junctions, at junctions, sorry. Sensible idea or a recipe for accidents. Let me tell you that when I worked at New Scotland Yard, when the traffic lights broke, the traffic flowed much better. Much better. It flowed quicker. And better. It was absolutely a winning solution. And all councils do is put in more traffic lights. It does not make the traffic flow better. European cities, you go to them, all the traffic lights after midnight flash orange or amber. And it means that the traffic, if it's safe to go over, you go over. What's the point of sitting at a traffic light that's red at three o'clock in the morning when there's not a car in any direction? The whole idea is you have them flashing. If it's safe, you go over. But I'm telling you now, at Hyde Park Corner and Trafalgar they are just stuck in traffic lights for the sake of it. If there were no traffic lights, the traffic would flow beautifully. Guaranteed. And even the police at New Scotland Yard should say exactly the same. Please, God, they break every single day. Uh, they're talking about the party leaders' debate on television. Uh, John Riley, the head of Sky News, will be talking about that. Boris Johnson will be in to talk about the EU ruining our hedge fund business. And uh, can you live your life according to the Bible? No says Simon Jenkins, and yes, says the Reverend David Phillips. So all of that and more. But Paul McKenna doing the papers this morning, just after the news at 7 o'clock. Harry Potter was out the other day, and that's Daniel Radcliffe. He's decided he doesn't like this goody-goody image, so he started going out to all the the, uh, festivals and having drinks and everything else, which is great. We love Daniel Radcliffe a lot. And here she is, poor old Chanel Hayes, out uh, on holiday again because she doesn't actually do anything. It's a trouble, you know, you go on Big Brother, then you come off Big Brother and it finishes. Nobody's interested because nobody ever makes an effort. They think that if you appear in lads mags, that's a career. Unfortunately, they hardly make anything at all because photographers take hundreds of pictures. So poor old Chanel, if you remember, had a little bit of an incident, had to go into the Priory. And now she's out and she goes away with, uh, strange enough, Jermaine Pennant, who is a footballer? Although I've never heard of him. And uh, and Callum Best didn't even know he was still alive. Callum Best, ageing Lothario, poor up Well, certainly man with no hair anymore, which is very funny. Uh, suicidal Kerry Katona fears she'll be sectioned. But, uh, the other day she was out drinking with her two daughters in the pub, one of whom looks slightly overweight. It has to be said. I would mention that. But you've got to be very careful with kids because if they eat all the wrong food, if they if they're following her advice and eating what she eats. You know, you've really got to... You can't eat junk food all the time. And to be honest with you, I don't actually see Kerry Katona as a chef. I don't know about any of the rest of you. I'd like to see her with a job. I suppose we we can but hope. We can but hope. When I was out and about in Edgeware, I was outside the bank and whilst waiting to use the cash point, I was set upon by female beggar hands cupped together, asking for money. Oh, Jenny, they've been out there for ages. Been out there for the past ten years, as far as I remember. Uh, Diane says... I have a a tour as well. This is uh, Diane Burstein who does her lovely tours in London, lets you learn more about the capital. This is for European Jewish Heritage Day, and it's on Sunday the 6th of September, so this coming Sunday. Oh, incidentally, my guest on In Conversation is June Brown this week. Oh, I don't know, Steve. So she'll be smoking away in the studio. She was lovely. So uh, June Brown this Sunday, and then you can podcast as well. What do you mean you haven't learnt her no podcast? Go to lbc.co.uk, learn how to podcast. Anyway, so Sunday the 6th of September for Diane's Walk Meet outside Mile End Tube. It's £8 per person, and you get a tour of that surprising area of London. Jewish connections in historic Mile End and Stepney. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Hundreds of people have been on uh, Diane's tours before. So if you email diane at secretlondonwalks.co.uk or 020-881-2933. eight one double three. OK, for Diane Burstein. You won't be disappointed. She does a good talk, she's a blue badge guide and uh, she gets the Steve Allen seal of approval. That says everything, doesn't it? Quarter to seven. <laughs> News headlines, Matthew Schofield. Gordon Brown's under growing pressure to spell out exactly where Steve Allen... Fancy seeing the best films first and for free? Well, you can with the LBC 97.3 Film Club in association with Cineworld Cinemas. This month's must-see movie is Julie and Julia a great new feel-good comedy starring Meryl Streep in cinemas, Friday 11th of September. Doesn't cost a penny to join, and you could be going every month to see the best new movies in town before everybody else gets to see them. Simply log on to lbc.co.uk, join the LBC Listener Club, simple as that. Once you're a member, you click and request your tickets. The LBC 97.3 Film Club, in association with Cineworld Cinemas. So good luck for that. It's nice to get something for free now and then. And uh, we were talking uh, the other day about Volcano Chicken at Ty Nice, which Alan Dodge and I were talking about, which was chicken which comes on a, a sort of a skewer in Ty Nice, this restaurant up near uh, Ealing. And they, I'm sure it's brandy they pour on it and set it on fire. So you've got this burning chicken, it, not much good if you're a vegetarian, I realise. Producer with short skirt, I going. you know what they like, veggies. And so we were talking about it, and of course Paul was up there, and uh, and he actually was called a gannet by John Warrington because he was eating all of it. I've never known anybody with such a with such a capacity. He says I could eat a chicken now. So there you go. But he does eat clusters. He? <laughs> and he listens to this program on podcasts, which is which is very good news because sometimes people can't listen live. Mind you, sometimes people listen live and podcast the program as well. Can't believe the first uh, the first time, can they? Really, uh, Steve. Just to let you know, I've just seen Eddie Izzard doing that run around Britain for SportsAid, currently running down the A68 towards Newcastle, says Andy. I wish I had the energy to do running, actually, first thing in the morning. I could just about manage to run. It's not a pretty sight, I tell you. Uh, Eight for eight, D? um, No, there aren't. There aren't any others apart from that one that you know about. Uh, Paul the Cabby says, "Have you given up trying to get Phil to go each way? He's tried it a couple of times, and he doesn't like it. You know, he doesn't like it. And also, I'm a firm believer in the fact that you know it works for some people, doesn't work for others, doesn't work for him. Margie, it doesn't work whether he goes on the nose or each way because he doesn't win. Especially with uh, with Alex, who's doing very well at the moment. Steady Mail this morning, they're talking about families facing fines of more than five hundred pounds for breaking wheelie bin rules. They're now saying that uh, you could be hit with a hundred and ten pound fine." Uh, For uh, a family, including an adult couple, two children over 18 and a grandparent, could be hit with five fines, totalling £550. That's if you either put the bin out too early, take it in too late, leave out extra sacks of rubbish, or you overfill the bin. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I told you, there's a food place in in Twickenham. They have one of the, the different coloured bins. They have a red bin, and that's for restaurant waste. This fast food place is so disgustingly unhealthy... Within a couple of days of them putting stuff in their bin, they've got maggots falling out of the bottom of it. Certainly wouldn't want to be eating there at all. Oh, on Asda, the world's most expensive beef is on sale. Again, not a vegetarian story. I understand there are people who don't eat beef. Ha, 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 ha. Doesn't affect you at all. But this is, uh, I think it's called Wagyu beef going to be produced. It's Japanese, renowned for its uh, extensive fat marbling, which melts as it cooks, giving superb depth of flavour. Oh, ugh, 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 vegetarians are saying everywhere. How icky is that? Well, I don't know. I was looking at a cos lettuce the other day thinking, look at those veins in there. I mean, they look really good, you know, pumping away by themselves. Horrible. Anyway, these, these cattle are massaged, fed the finest grain, given beer and played classical music. Then they're killed. Just thought I'd tell you that now. So they're going to sell it, and a steak will cost around £12. A fillet steak of the same size is normally around £8, so it's going to be very... And people will, will be trying it, won't they? They say here, because you remember Selfridges did this, we mentioned on the programme, and they did a sandwich made of this beef, and it was £85. As to say, they're going to have this on sale probably by the end of next year or early 2011. Will we be trying it? Not really. I couldn't really be bothered either way, actually. As far as I'm concerned, steak is steak is steak. The funny thing is, I tend to avoid the um, the marbling. If I see marbling in me, I know people, I know, ugh, 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 if you're vegetarian. If you're meat-eating, yum, 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 yum. But, I mean, it's like, you know, people go, oh, let's have the marbling because that fat breaks down and then it tastes better. doesn't make any difference. The amount of times I leave it on the stove for three or four hours makes no difference whether it's got marbling or anything else. I and mean, the three or four hours, yeah, it's at three or four hours because you want it tender, don't you? Three or four hours is quite normal, together with the sprouts. If the sprouts are in there for four hours. The meat's going to stay in for three. It's as simple as that. I don't mess around. I don't have my... I, I don't know why... I put, I'm, I'm practically called on blur cookery at home. Well, it's, it's not actually called on blur at all. But uh, I do enjoy it. Um, and it doesn't make any... I don't care what anybody says about cooking sprouts for four hours. They're very nice. They don't come out all mushy. I, know, I might not be the best cook in the world. Uh, diners have dished the dirt on Gordon Ramsay. Most disappointing cooking... Uh, the Warrington, Café Anglais, Cipriani, Corrigans, uh, Gordon Ramsay, The Woolsey, The Ivy and Oxo Tower. Isn't it amazing? All the places that people love. People love Cipriani, people love The Ivy, they love Claridge's, they love The Woolsey, and people say most... Although, actually, I thought the breakfast was rubbish at The Woolsey. I know people go, oh, it's, it's all... But it, I went to a place in Brighton once with a friend of mine. She said, oh, we go to this place, it's famous for breakfast. And it was one of these... What I call boho-chic places, where you go there and they serve breakfast on what, what looks like a chopping board. It doesn't come on a plate, it comes on a chopping board. And you get sort of a rather fancy poncy egg. You get two slices of what I thought was overcooked and naff bacon and a piece of bread. And then there might have been something else. And I thought, oh, that's breakfast. You know, you want a breakfast, you go to a transport cafe. Or you go, you don't go to the motorway service station, they're rubbish. But you go to, you know, you go to a, a proper cafe. You go to what they call a greasy spoon. I mean, it's awful. Stella in, in Twickenham is not a greasy spoon, but she does a really good breakfast. Fried bread, egg, beans, sausages, bacon. Again, not much use to vegetarians, but, you know, you just have to suffer, don't you? You want to be a veggie? Suffer. We'll have, they have mushrooms, and they have things that look like vegetarian sausages, but they're not actually beef at all. They're just shaped like that, because they're, they're strangely taken by the shape. They have beans, and, and they probably have sort of a piece of toast. And have a grilled tomato, dull, 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 and an egg, an egg. Oh, I ask you, who'd be a vegetarian? Small wonder they all look anemic, most of them, poor souls, walking around going, oh, I, I can barely make the stairs, I'll just take the lift. You know, they're constantly taking vitamin pills to keep going. Uh, most overpriced restaurant, uh, The Ivy, Hackasan, Cipriani, Claridge's, The River Cafe, and restaurant Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> you can't win, can you? You can't win. You see I still stick to Joe Allen's. I still tick I know exactly what I'm getting there. I'm more than happy. I could sit there, have a few drinks, have something to eat, have a burger, have whatever. And I'm quite happy. Uh, will you and they will be asking us in LBC today, if you're over forty, do you still wear miniskirts? And the idea is that the average age woman women should give up short skirts has now soared two forty. Before it used to be younger, but people can get away with it. Elle McPherson at forty six. Can get away with it. Gwyneth Paltrow can get away with a micro-mini at 36. Danny Minogue. Well, I mean, she's just odd anyway, isn't she? She's 37, apparently, and has got, she's got very strange dress sense. I've seen her close-up, and she's even odder close-up, but very, very strange. I don't know. Perhaps these people put on a dress and somebody goes, oh, you look great in it. And I'm thinking, you look like a turnip. And she's pictured in the mail today, looking a bit odd. Uh, Vic Beckham can just about get it, but, I mean, she is stick-thin. Strange dress sense. But again, she's old before her time. You know, she's she's 35, but she's dressing for a 50-year-old, I'm afraid. And that's the trouble. And then Nancy DiLolio, 48. You know, it does look like the last turkey in the shop. There's not a... I'm sorry. You know, I mean, very sweet, but... For, you know, I'm not sorry at all, actually. I'm really not sorry. I don't really care. To be honest with you, it does look like bad Italian drag. I'm sorry, it does look like it. It, it doesn't... It's overmade And what is her claim to fame? She went out with uh, with Sven, and that was the claim to fame. There's no other claim to fame for Nancy DeLolio, And then bored her senseless with her dull life. And then unfortunately, wears clothes wholly inappropriate for a woman of 48. I'm afraid, but you might think differently. You might think differently. More on uh, Muhammad Ali, and they're trying to change his uh, his sort of family name. So they've actually gone. It was it was Odessa Grady, uh, Cassius Marcellus Clay, and so on, because they, they've now made him this. Um, this sort of freeman of the town of Ellis. So good for him, I suppose. He's very happy. Very happy. Thousands of people turned out for him. They really did. And apparently the money raised goes to his foundation. In other words, we all call that, that's how you survive. Because in America, I shouldn't imagine it gets anything else. So 10,000 people turned out for him here. And no doubt there will be a fee for it. And then he takes it back and puts it into his foundation. There's also a pub. The Court Inn in Durham have said to patrons, listen, if you want to use your mobile phone, outside... LBC used to be in a building once in Hammersmith, and Eugene, over the road at the pub there, used to say, if you want to use your your your, uh, your mobile phone in this pub, you'll put a pound in the box. If your phone rings, you put a pound in the box. Didn't take people long to actually start turning their phones off. They thought it was a lot, a lot safer that way, I think, than pay the pound. Listen, that's it for this morning. I trust you have a very enjoyable day. I can't remember what the weather forecast was going to be, actually. Probably, you know, if I say sunshine and showers, you'll probably go, OK, sunshine and showers, that's great. Dave reckons the best steaks of Moor Farm steaks. I went to the Wolsey, says Bridget, with a friend for the birthday. Awful. You see, every some people like it, some people don't like it. You're never, you're never going to get the happy compromise where people love just about everything. But 90% of cats, when asked, love LBC. and So that's why you'll be staying with it throughout the day and you'll be podcasting and you'll be checking out the blogs, you'll be looking at the photos and uh, you'll certainly be listening to uh, Nick Ferrari. I'm back with you tomorrow morning, between 5 and 7, and tomorrow being Thursday, because just in case you forgot, most people have got no idea where they're coming from this week. You take the one day off, and immediately we get confused. So tomorrow, Paul Savory will be in. We'll have a chat to uh, Roger Foss about theatre, and we'll talk to Nathan Morley. Probably about his nude swimming and how Cyprus is going at the moment. All of that and more tomorrow morning from five. Do check out the blog a little bit later on and join Nick Ferrari and Paul McKenna after the news, which is next here on 97.3.
3: So, I'm having a surprise party for Adam. I
1: thought he'd-